Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It was great, but I think we've come a long way. I'm very proud. And that's part of what hit me today, because this is an asset of the community. And uh, it's, I'm, I'm also very proud that we've been able to do this completely private without personal seat licenses. Part of that was what I felt from my fellow fans sitting in this stance next to me and anyhow it's pretty cool that was patriots owner robert Kraft, who did not fare well uh-uh. in the rankings he got a d plus the nfl pa this started last year putting out a survey in regards to various different categories. Uh, treatment of families, food, weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, team travel, head coach, ownership. Head coach and ownership are new categories this year. And remember last year, Steve Saunders, they they just invented a new grade. Oh, yeah. And the Ravens got an F-. minus. Where that Rock was, bottom. That was their biggest jump. They went from an F- minus to a B. That's a big that's this a big year. jump. Treatment of families and weight room also saw jumps. Treatment of families went from C plus to B minus. Weight room went from C plus to B minus. Now where the Ravens declined this year. Food service and nutrition went from B minus to C plus. Yes. Uh, you know what you know what happened? I heard they had Gigi back there on the uh doing the short order cooking some this year. He was he was making a little extra money for Wyman Industries and I I don't think he makes the cheesesteak as good as he thinks he does. They ranked 18th overall in food taste and 18th overall in food freshness. The training staff, they went from a B plus to a B minus. 82% of the players feel like they receive enough one-on-one treatment, 24th overall. The players feel that the training staff moderately contributes to their success 22nd overall. Well, look, I, I think the biggest takeaway here is that, you know, the the strength and conditioning guy was not well-liked in this building for a long no. time. And the fact that he survived being involved in the, the, the COVID spread in that building, that definitely compromised their season. And it was traced right back to his room and him not following established protocols and him getting suspended by the league, but not losing his job here. Um, 
you know, I, I think that's one Harbaugh, if he doesn't want to do over for, should want to do over for. That loyalty was misguided. Uh, the change had to be made. It was made. You see it reflected here in the grades of the players. So that that's obviously the biggest takeaway. Um, you know, they, they love Steve Bashotti, and that's another big takeaway here, right? He, he's got one of the most favorable um, ownership grades. He finished fourth. Yeah. Uh, Steve Bashotti receives a rating of 9.6 out of 10 from the Ravens players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. And, of course, we know, what, a handful of years ago, he dropped, what, $35 million into the castle. Um, so he's yeah. willing to invest there in the There are some interesting things here, though. Last year, their locker room got an A and had the fifth highest score in the NFL. Yeah. In the span of one year... It's now 14th. So either there was an <laughs> arms race going on the rest of the league where guys were taking pictures of our locker room and sending them around the league saying, oh, look how much better our locker room is now than a year ago. <laughs> First of all, how many guys really know how exactly how their locker room stands up against every other one? Like, not everybody's Sammy Watkins who's been everywhere. Like, some of these dudes in their plating rows. But, Bone, how do you think the locker room fell from 5th to 14th in just a few months? What happened? I was in there both years, and I felt like it was better. Some it guys like feel they, like they don't have enough. I'm reading the they, results here. They don't have enough room, the individual locker room. They, they added, you know, a nice sectional in the locker room, uh, some video games. I know John Harbaugh, during Christmas, he bought him a pinball machine. So I felt like there were some upgrades there. I, it dropped. I mean, I, it dropped I, substantially, I, the locker room. High expectations. I don't know. What travel. Do travel. They travel got an drop. A. A year ago, fourth best score in the league. Now, I think I know what happened here, though. This year, travel dropped to a C minus. So here, some guys need some guys had roommates. They went from no roommates to some guys having roommates on the road. They are one of seven teams that require some of their players to have roommates the night before a game. So that explains. I get travel. (laughs) I still don't get locker room. I I don't understand. Did somebody put stink bombs in there or something at night? I thought it was. This is an IA investigative report that needs to happen, dude. I what what is going on behind closed doors that dropped the locker room infrastructure from best of breed to middle of the pack? I think it's an awesome locker room. I I really don't. It passes my muster, but that it dropped. The other interesting thing said prior to the break. John Harbaugh got a B plus, which you think, wow, that's that is above average. That is a very good grade. Turns out not in the NFL PA survey. Came in at 20th, Jason. 79% of players feel the head coach, John Harbaugh, is efficient with their time. 25th overall. The players feel John Harbaugh is somewhat willing to listen to locker room. That's 21st overall. It's interesting that a B-plus would only rate, what was it, 20th? 20th, correct. So most guys really like their coach. Like, that was my takeaway from reading all these reports on the coaches was most teams like their coach more than you think. Like, the only guys who got, like, would, would even look like somewhat bad grades, like, if you're just using school as a reference. Like, Arthur Smith got a C-plus in Atlanta, and he was a bad I man. He went 6-10 and 10 every year, right? Or 7-11, and 11, whatever they go now, 7-10. and 10. Like, he was, he's not a good head coach, but even he got a C-plus. 
And then the Raiders got a D, but that has to be McDaniels and not Antonio Pierce. They loved Antonio Pierce. They campaigned. Max Crosby said, trade my ass if you don't keep Antonio Pierce. So McDaniels got a D, but like everybody else, you know, like Belichick on the way out still got a B minus. So most guys really like their coach. I, I think, I mean, if I'm Harms, I feel okay about a B plus. I, I'm not sweating that. Yeah. Would you? I, I, I mean, I I, 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 yeah, I, I just like, thought... dude, Brandon Staley got fired in the middle of the year. He's still got a B. Wow. So I guess you're grading on a curve. With, I think with they the... tend to like their coach. <laughs> I mean, they, they tend to like their coach. They I mean, like even the owners, like they, I mean, like that's the guy who pays them. Frank I mean, Wright got an A and got Frank lasted he, nine he, games. Yeah, he got six games. <laughs> <And he> got... <laughs> they liked him too much. Man. They loved him till it hurts. They they did. I mean, even most owners did pretty good, except for the Glazers got a D minus with Tampa. Uh, the Rudy's got an F, which mm. we'll get into that a little more tomorrow. Craft, uh, who we played coming in, got a D plus. He, he doesn't really want to pay for players anymore, I guess. How about Clark Hunt, dude? The getting Chiefs, an F minus. The Chiefs stunk. He got an F minus. <laughs> yeah, he got the Steve Saunders treatment. Tepper got a D. I mean, Tepper did way better than all. Clark Hunt does is win Super Bowls every year. He got an F minus. Tepper threw a drink on a fan and treats everybody like garbage. He got a D. But what's incredible about the Chiefs, you get back-to-back Super Bowl wins, first time since the Patriots in 03-04. Andy Reid, he came in first in in the uh, survey. Everything else. 32nd in ownership, 27th in travel, 27th in strength coaches, 23rd in weight room. F in the training staff. That was 32nd. Imagine how good they'd be if they didn't hate everybody <laughs> in the building. Like, imagine how good they'd yeah. be if they liked the owner. Yeah. It would really be a dynasty. They'd win by 60 points every week. They're like, real. they're overcoming Clark Hunt to win three Super Bowls in four years. Imagine if they didn't think he was a total puke. <sighs> Yeah, it's there were a lot of interesting grades, and like you said, Jason, we're going to get more into the other 31 teams tomorrow, but overall, the Ravens finished 15th out of 32 teams in the overall survey, up a couple spots from 17 last year. Coming up next, we're going to... What Sashi, what would they grade they would have given Sashi The Brown? president? Yeah. Well, they added the head coach and owner. Maybe next year to be year. team president, <laughs> PR guy. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to get into baseball. It's our twib notes specifically about the Blue Jays. Alec Manoa, he was god-awful last year. How did he fare in his Grapefruit League debut? It wasn't great. And Nate Pearson, is this the year? Finally breaks out. We'll tell you on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan. Love to see Spencer Torkelson take a rip and put one, drive one here against Alec Manoa. 3-1 line, like guard that. of the gap in left center field <laughs> like that. Two skips to the base of the wall. Kelly in to score. Green right behind him. Oh, what a good at-bat for Spencer Torkelson. 4-2 Tigers in the second. That highlight courtesy of Tigers Radio Network and Alec Manoa. Boy, was last year just a nightmare that he never woke up from Jason and... It continued in his yeah. Grapefruit League opener. If if you want to look for any optimism, his fastball velocity was up uh, about a mile per hour. But yeah, they were saying it. Aside that, uh, besides that, it was terrible. He hit three batters. Yes, gave up four runs before being pulled in the second inning. Yeah, look, um, there was a lot of hype about him being in great shape, and he and Vladdy are going to bounce back. And Vladdy's troubles and struggles by no means got anywhere close. 
to Manoas, who, remember, was in the minors for a lot of the second half of the year. And then when he got called up just to see if anything changed, it hadn't changed. Um, I was listening to MLB radio this morning, running some errands, and our buddy Jim Duquette was on, and they were having a discussion about Manoa. And they brought up Dontrell Willis. And you know what? That might be the comp. Like a guy who for a couple years was a force of nature, is looked like a Cy Young award winner his first year, gets a lot of Cy Young votes the second year. And then before you know it, you're looking at a career ERA of 5'6", and he can't find the plate and he can't replicate. And it's a very short career. I don't know if, if Alec Manoa might be able to pull himself together in the bullpen. And this is only one start. But I, I think this is in his head now. I think he's got the pitching version of the yips, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to straighten it out. I mean, how does he had he, three guys, bro, how does in he, an inning. Yeah, how does he not at this point? 17 of his 38 pitches were strikes. I'll say that again. Only 17 of his 38 pitches were in the zone. And you could say, well, you know, hey, they really only need him to be a four or five maybe. But, like, what are the odds of their pitching not someone not getting hurt? Like what you know, like they had Ryu come back ahead of schedule for him last year. They when they sent Manoa down, um, before they sent him down, they kicked around a six man rotation for a while. Like that's how deep they were. Like is is that is that all going to happen uh, again? Like because if it doesn't, I'm telling you, I I still don't love the lineup. They don't have a leadoff hitter. Like, Springer's going to be 34 years old. Springer's not getting on base like he used to. I know he still stole 20 bases last year. But the speed power thing with him isn't where it used to be. And the on-base percentage has been in a deep decline in years. Like, they started Bichette leading off. Now, you could do worse than that. But, like, ideally he's hitting a little lower in their lineup. And how much, because of how valuable he is at shortstop and um, his power, how much is he really going to be running? And it, it kind of shortens the lineup a little bit, especially if now Springer's dropped down and he's not the run producer he used to be. Like, I think they made that Gabriel Moreno for Dalton Varsho trade, thinking Dalton Varsho could be a leadoff hitter for them. Dalton Varsho, I'm not even sure he's an everyday player. So, I think there are some inherent flaws in that team. And that's the kind of team Bone with all of their chemistry and cohesion issues and the personalities don't really maybe seem to fit as well as they should, that's a team that I think needed some individuals to, to, to show that, hey, I'm better than who you thought I was. And if that doesn't happen, I think they're firing another manager in season. And they didn't really didn't do anything. much. I mean, Justin Turner was like their move. They brought He's in IKF. DH. Yeah, like, like it's... I, they didn't really do it, and they came in second. Or, or well, and they or came in second last year, and for six weeks, yeah. Chapman played like an MVP. And Brandon Belt had a better season than I think anybody thought that he was probably going to. Um, like, what? What? Are, like, is that all going to happen again? Like, are we sure? Like, are we sure that Vladdy isn't more like last year than he moving forward than he was two years ago? Like. Kevin Biggio hadn't developed into any kind of a real thing, right? So they're constantly chasing middle infield types. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It's very, very early, but I already don't have a great vibe about them. And they need, I, I, I think, this Manoa thing is worth monitoring. 
Absolutely. Because remember, there was beef between him and the organization when they finally did get him to come down. And then he kind of bullied his way back to the majors, I think, before they wanted him to. Like, I don't think that one's going to end well. And then there's the Nate Pearson of it all. Now, he is interesting. Where this guy, former top 10 prospect in baseball, uh, he was up and down between AAA and the Big League Club last year, but 485 ERA over 42 and two-thirds innings with the Jays last year. Yeah, I, I the, there's been some reporting on his stuff and where he is physically now. And, and look, he, he might end up replacing Romano as the closer. In fact, if they have the kind of season I think they're going to have pretty middling, they might be looking to trade some bullpen pieces and promote from within. I, I, I've saw this kid pitch at his peak at double A. Like he it's pretty close to unhittable. And he's now had enough injuries that it's kinda like the DL Hall thing here. Like I don't think he's gonna be a starter for them and I don't think they necessarily need him to be. Um but he is someone who I think could be a factor for them. Um the other thing too with this Manoa thing is their number one pitching prospect, Ricky Tiedelman, who who might be pretty close to being ready. He got banged up last year, and he's dealing with some discomfort now as well. So all the more reason why I think they needed Manoa to at least be a guy who could go out and, like, they needed him at least to maybe be like a Jordan Lyles type. Like, oh, just go out every five days, pitch six innings, and come back with an ERA of 4.8. You know, like, we'll just deal with it. I'm not sure he's even that guy. Orioles beat the Twins today 12-3. to And joining us next, Matt Wyrick, who covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun. Colton Kowser, Kobe Mayo have gotten off to scorching hot starts. What does Matt think of their beginning to Grapefruit League action? He'll tell us on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan. Inside Access on the fan. The 0-2 smacked into left field. McCusker looking up. It's over his head, and it's off the wall. McCusker plucks it off the grass, rallies the ball back to the infield. It's a ringing run-scoring double, and it's 11-1 Orioles. An 0-2 pitch, and Kobe Mayo smoked it. A close line to left, and they're on at second and third with two outs for Kyle Stowers. That highlight courtesy of Twins Radio. The Orioles beat the Twins 12-3 to earlier today in Fort Myers. And someone who was there joining us right now, Matt Wyrick, who covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun. And let's start with Kobe Mayo, Matt. And uh, we were talking earlier, we were a little surprised how, how much time he's been getting at third base during spring training, giving his body type do you see that, uh, him playing there the rest of spring training? And also, how impressed have you been with his hit tool? Yeah, you know, the hit tool certainly has been loud. I mean, today, that, that double that you just heard that went off the wall uh, in left center, 109 miles an hour off the bat, the fastest hit ball uh, of any Orioles so far, at least what his stat cast has provided us. So uh, the hit tool is certainly there. There's been no question about that. It's whether or not uh, he can hold his own defensively in the infield. And Brandon Hyde has talked about how impressed he's been with, with Mayo at third base. It's obviously his natural position that he came up in the minor leagues, but he's added first as well as he's tried to make his case uh, to be a part of this Orioles roster that is deep all around the infield. And certainly third base is a position that could be open depending on how uh, the Orioles want to shuffle their infielders around. Well, there was also um, 
I guess a, a, a moonshot from Colton Kowser, right? Almost 430 feet, uh, 105 off the bat. He probably needed a hot start as much as anybody. Pro- not not so much probably even for what Michael Elias and those guys think of him, but maybe for himself after um, you know that that initial major league stint didn't go as expected. Um, just sort of your early observations with him and and how tough of a draw do you think he has? to even turn, you know, a really good or great spring training into an everyday job with this team as presently constructed. Yeah, I think an everyday job is going to be tough. You know, the the Orioles obviously have a veteran outfield, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Anthony Santander. It's going to be tough to crack one of those three positions and and force the Orioles to to move any of those guys around. But, you know, DH is certainly open right Mm -hmm. now. And, uh, you know, I think there's a a case to be made that Kowser has made an early effort uh, to make this team, you know, he, he's a guy who doesn't have one particular tool that stands out. He's you know, not maybe what you call a five-tool player, but somebody who uh, is very good at each of the five tools across the board, just not necessarily elite at one. And that can be tough for players yeah. uh, to make opening day rosters and make major league clubs because they don't have one tool that they can rely on. But Kowser so far has really been showing off all five of them, I think, uh, at the plate and in the field on the base paths. Uh, he has looked the part of a complete player. He already has two home runs, including a walk-off in the Orioles season opener or spring training opener, I should say. Um, and, you know, I think that he's been really impressive, you know, as far as, you know, going up against Heston Kerstad and, and some of the other guys that are competing for outfield spots. I think he's made probably the best case so far in the early goings. We're speaking to Matt Weirich, who covers the O's for the Baltimore Sun. It's inside access on the fan. Matt, you recently wrote about Anthony Santander. He would like to stay in Baltimore long term. Do you think that's a player that the Orioles should prioritize in trying to extend? You know, I I think it always depends on the price and and what Santander is looking for and what could potentially keep him in Baltimore. I mean, the Orioles are the only major league team he's ever known. So I think that certainly the comfort there could play in the O's favor if they decide to extend him. But, you know, he's not the only one seeking an extension. Austin Hayes uh, has also expressed an interest in sticking around long-term, has, has communicated to the Orioles his preference to stay. He's a free agent after 2025. And, you know, Cedric Mullen, same thing. Uh, he, he's due up after next season as well. So the Orioles have a lot of decisions coming up with this team. They have almost two cores, you know, the core of guys that, that stuck it through the rebuild and the core of guys that has come out of it. Uh, and they have to kind of make a decision here with incoming owner David Grubenstein. Do they want to prioritize locking up these young guys early or do they want to try to lock up their veteran core and then see if they can kind of transition into the younger guys as the years go on? Um, are we ever actually going to see Jorge Mateo in the outfield? I did ask him actually yesterday if he was going to play center field and he said this week uh, he was looking to get into a game. I know that he's been working hard on the backfields, reading balls, things like that. Um, Brandon Hyde hasn't put an exact date on it yet. Still trying a lot of things out. He's not sure who's traveling for what games, things like that. But, um, you know, I do think that we will see him in the outfield soon. Uh, anyone surprise you thus far? I mean, we're only a handful of games into spring training, but anyone jump out to you that you weren't expecting? Yeah, I'd say easily the biggest surprise so far has been Cole Irvin. Mm -hmm. Uh, He looked like a completely different pitcher in his uh, debut against the Pirates, only through two innings, but all of his pitches were a couple miles an hour above what they were last year. He looks leaner than he was last year. Uh, All accounts are that he barely even took the offseason off, maybe a couple weeks, and then got right back to it. Uh, working with Tread Athletics, uh, which is known to help pitchers uh, get more movement out of their pitches. So, you know, Cole Irvin is a guy who he was used to being in the starting rotation in Oakland and had to bounce back and forth between being a starter and a reliever last year. 
with the opportunity that he has with John Means and Kyle Bradish expected to miss the start of the year. Uh, he's a guy who could take full advantage of that and then make Brandon Hyde uh, and Mike Elias make some tough decisions once those guys are ready to come back. This time of year, there's seemingly a, a transaction every day or every other day and um, churning the bottom of the roster, right? And so we've got Julio Tehran now uh, joining the team in camp and Colton Wong. Um, any sort of thoughts on those moves? Wong, I guess, obviously, right, insurance, I guess, if this Jackson Holiday thing at second base isn't ready for launch. And obviously with, with the situations with Bradish and Means, we've been banging the drum here for another former major league starter in some capacity. So they have checked that box now. Yeah, I think both are certainly depth options for this team, you know, depending on what their opt-outs look like. You know, they could start the year in the minors and then be a potential call-up if there's an injury. Uh, I think for Tehran, he he's certainly in contention for the bullpen. You know, he's been a starter for most of his career, but did last season come out of the pen a little bit. Uh, and with Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin being likely to slot into the rotation and D.L. Hall being traded as part of the Corbin Burns trade, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that there's necessarily a go-to long long reliever that they have kind of penciled into that spot. So Tehran, you know, obviously hasn't pitched yet for them, and we're going to have to see what he looks like in camp. But I would say he's a competition He's in competition for for a bullpen spot. Sticking with the bullpen, um, I guess uh, resounding applause for Dylan Tate being able to get back out there. I know it was just an inning, but get a little swing and miss. Was there any sort of fallout from that? Um, um, you know, a post mortem on his first outing. Yeah, you know, I think that he was just ready to to get back out there and get back to normal a little bit. You know, it's it's tough when you're you're coming back from an injury and it looks like you're going to be coming back and then you don't. You're having to answer questions to reporters about why you're not coming back, why it took so long, uh, what you, how you're feeling, what you've been dealing with. You know, a lot of these guys, they really just want to get back to a point where we're just talking about their day-to-day stuff, how they're pitching and things like that. So, you know, important milestone for sure for, for Tate to get back on the mound in Orioles uniform for the first time since 2022. Um, but I think he's, he's certainly going to play a part in this bullpen. Brandon Hyde seems very optimistic that he can get back to his 2022 self. Matt, are there any injury updates for some guys, uh, Craig Kimbrell, Kyle Bradish, Gunnar Henderson? Uh, yeah, it looks like Gunnar Henderson took BP again today. It's the second straight day of taking BP on the field. Um, it's potentially possible for him to get into the lineup uh, by the end of this week. Brandon Hyde and both him and Hyde uh, have hesitated to put an exact date on it, but it does seem like it's a possibility. Uh, we could see him in a lineup. Uh, Connor Norby, one of their top infield prospects, has been dealing with an oblique. Uh, injury and he's or sorry I should say side injury uh, and he is working his way back as well he's been chomping at the bit to play the Orioles are telling him to take it slow so it doesn't sound like anything serious there and as for Kimbrell uh, he he landed on his quad a little bit weird you know kind of wasn't seen as a major thing he said he's actually in years past dealt with minor flare-ups like this at the start of spring and as long as he doesn't push it too much he, he doesn't worry about it so uh, Brandon Hyde says he's trusting his veteran and letting him take it at his own pace right now. He's Matt Wyrick joining us on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. We'll probably talk soon. Absolutely, fellas. Thanks so much. Thank you. you. At the top of the hour, John Oran, who he's the one who broke the ownership news, uh, transitioning from the Angelos family to Rubenstein and company. Could this happen before opening day? He's going to tell us at the top of the hour, but... Coming up next, it's TMI. I'm back. Ken is heading to Florida. He's probably already in Florida already. 
I'll recap my trip and also got to talk to Jackson Holiday, Grayson Rodriguez. Jackson, does he see second base as his long-term position in the bigs? And also, Grayson Rodriguez, what did he work on most this offseason? We'll play that sound next on Inside Access. Inside Access on the Fan. This is at Gelb with Pharmacy Sports, but it's sponsored by Empower. Start taking control of your financial future at Empower.com. DJ Moore has made it clear he wants Justin Fields as his QB. He recently said the QBs in the draft don't compare to Justin. So what happens when the Bears select Caleb Williams and trade Fields? Will Caleb's relationship with DJ start off rocky? Moore only has two more years left on his contract, and once Chicago trades Fields, don't be surprised if that's the beginning of the end to DJ's time in the Windy City. I'm Zach Gelb. Get inside access everywhere on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside access. 1057 The Fan. TMI and I am it's been here. A you sure you're up well, for this, Bone? I, I heard you guys were doing TMI without me. <laughs> well, like, wait, wait. <laughs> TMI and absentia. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it's, a, that's an honor. You know, I, what do they say? Uh, it's definitely an honor. What's the sincerest form of flattery? Uh, stealing? Stealing, yeah. Copying, whatever. Plagiarism? Plagiarism. So, no, I, I take it's it. a hat tip to you yes. while you were getting your face all sunburnt I, in Sarasota. I'm blushing, not sunburnt. Okay. That the people can't see. I am red as a cherry. Did not apply enough sunscreen yesterday on Clearwater Beach. But it was a really fun trip. First family trip I've been on in a minute since 2017. And we went to Florida. Went into Orlando, went to downtown Disney on Thursday. I hadn't been to Disney since I was like 14 or so. Mm-hmm. And boy, has it changed. Disney prints money. Absolutely prints money and owns the world. And Friday went to Hollywood. What do they say? There's a sucker born every minute? Yes. Friday go. went to Hollywood Studios. And last time I was there, of course, they did not have the Star Wars portion of Hollywood Studios. And it it was sick. Did you get drunk with an Ewok? We did go to the bar, the cantina bar. I did forget. they play that music the whole time? They bum, did. Bum, 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 bum. The whole time? They never played no, anything else? No, no, not the whole time. They had like one of the droids like DJ. It, it was cool. And like they had all these like drinks and you know. There's people drinks. in these costumes or these are like oh, computer yes. things? No, no, there's people in these costumes. Oh my God. Yeah. No, no, dude. Disney, they spare no expense. I mean, well, the, the I think, attention. I think it would have been better if it was a robot. If it was an AI person, I'd respect it more. The robot. There's a dude in a. What are these? Chewbacca? There's a guy in a yes, Chewbacca suit yes. walking around? Yeah. Drinking beer with people? I mean, not drinking beer, but, you know, kind of. <laughs> I can't see the noise. That was He's terrible. He's making the noise. <laughs> Shut terrible. up. You talk to the guy. That was terrible. Yes. Did, did, did he come what, over to what, you? What, what, what do you think? He's just going to speak English? You're like, oh, how you doing? I would think he just welcome, sits in the corner like a Sasquatch. No. I mean, it's a dude in an outfit. Dude, he's mingling. Huh? When you're in Times Square and there's people dressed as all the characters, do you go and talk to them? Do you seriously think Mickey Mouse is going to, hey, uh, son, are you having fun <laughs> at my house? Welcome to Magic Kingdom. No, it, you're making the noises. Yeah. The Oriole huh? bird. Nobody's the- squeaky, squeaky, pretending they're Mickey Mouse. Yes, they are. The Oriole bird. When I was at the game, he doesn't Monday. talk. 
Dang, he was making the bird noises, which I was still kind of confused how he Poe does that too for the Ravens. Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. I'm 50 years old. I'm. I don't. I've never heard mascots making noises. You're wrong. Huh? <laughs> you're you're objective. Like you're wrong. I think I think I'm I right. was at Ed Smith Stadium Monday, and the bird is doing the little whistle thing. Yeah, we honored Poe at Ed Block last yes. year. He literally walked around with the kids and chirp, 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 and all that. Yeah. But okay, outside of that environment, have you seen it in the wild? No. Right? Me neither. That's that's a that's a what do you I mean? Are you just when the bird is dancing with women at the seventh inning stretch? He's not. He's not singing along. He's not singing. You meant in the wild? I thought you meant like oh, I'm just walking into a 7-Eleven and I see Poe. No, I mean when they're on the job, like for real, not doing a kids party or doing a side gig at Ed at Ed Block or whatever Disney World. I guess is different. Star Wars. Rise Against the Resistance was the coolest ride that I've ever been on in my life, bar none. It was, if you haven't been on it, you need to. I mean, it's like, a, especially if you're into Star Wars, and I like Star Wars, I've seen all the movies, but, you know, not crazy into it. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was like 20 minutes. I mean, just there's a walking portion, then there's a portion where you're trying to flee from the Resistance. Mm. I mean, dude, it was sick. And then Friday... Or excuse me, Saturday, we drove to Sarasota, went to the game. That was the Kowser walk-off. Ed Smith Stadium, awesome stadium. It was a great time. They had a senior stroll the bases, which was really funny. And then we went to the beach and then also went to a game on Monday. But let's squeeze in a little Jackson Holiday. Before we go, I, I, I got to just say, I got to, I, you got to, I want to, I have questions here. Okay. So you're in this fake bar that's made to look like the bar in the movie. Correct. And like, is Han Solo in there? Like, is the whole gang in there? Like, Billy D. Williams' character? Like, uh, I, I know Chewbacca was there. Did you interact Dude, with like Chewbacca? There's like stormtroopers walking around. So did you have a conversation with Chewbacca? I gave him a high five. You gave him a high five. Yeah. And he went, yes. made And he made the Chewbacca noises. Yes. They're called, they're called Wookiees, Jason. See, but he, he can do that because that's part of, like, the gig. But like the Philly fanatic doesn't he? They doesn't have a I he doesn't can talk. Tell you the, the San Diego chicken. He's got I, no job. I was sitting right above the dugout at, at the game Monday, and the bird, you know, he was tapping my dad. We were on the aisle seat, saying, you know, about to go up, and he was doing the little whistle the entire. He didn't say like, a word. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, okay, I'm but okay I with that. But I think he has like a button or something in there because it, it was very like on point. Either that or he's just been practicing. Jackson Holiday got to talk to him Sunday in the clubhouse. And Is this the extended club remix? Go. I don't know this part of the song. <laughs> yeah, really, I've never heard it this song either. It's no, crazy. I mean I wasn't against it. I just I. I Is that the, the extended version? <laughs> Jackson Holiday getting a lot of run at second base. Jackson, do you see second base as your long term position? I mean, any any chance to get to, to play in the big leagues, I think uh, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, obviously, shortstop is what I grew up playing, but if I can be a, an all-star second baseman, uh, that, I'd be great, too. Yeah, no, no complaints uh, if I get to play. Now, seeing his face when I asked him the question, he, he wasn't... He didn't necessarily sell me. <laughs> did, he, that he was, did he whistle at all? No, he did not whistle. 
but he wasn't dressed as a mascot. He was not dressed as the bird. Therefore, it would be very bizarre if he answered me. <laughs> did he make any Chewbacca? Did he make any Chewbacca sounds? No. He we were in Sarasota. Did he wookie at you? No, he didn't we, at you. We weren't in Disney World, Jason. Oh. There's no Chewbaccas strolling around Ed Smith Stadium. Unless there's a Star Wars theme night that I'm not aware of. He didn't seem over the moon to me. No, he didn't. And his facial expressions didn't seem over the moon. But he said all the right things. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, what were you working on in the offseason? I'd just say overall fastball command. Um, I think that's what helped me in the second half last year uh, be a better pitcher. Uh, I was just locating the fastball, setting guys up for off-speed pitches. Um, Really, that's about it. I heard he added the Chewbacca Chewbacca pitch. I don't even know what that picture looks That's what like. I heard. Oh, it's like a gyro ball, but Harry. It's <laughs> a hairy gyro ball. A fur ball. Are, do your parents have any pictures of you with the Chewbacca? Uh, no. No. My mom took a lot. Of it. it it was basically like I was fourteen again. That's what I'm. That's, my, that's what I'm thinking with, with my thirty-one-year-old brother. <laughs> you know, we're like, and my brother's super into Star Wars, and Shell's super into Star. We, I brought him back a lightsaber that we still forgot right. to show you. We'll do that during the break. After I learned, the break. I learned a lot this TMI. This is a very <laughs> educational <laughs> TMI for me. John Oran. He works for Puck News, and he also broke the news that David Rubenstein intends on buying the Orioles, and they've put out statements since then, and we've heard some reports. Maybe this could get done prior to opening day. Does John believe that will be the case? Find out next. (laughs) Inside Access. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.